Welcome to the latest episode of the CSGO Sky Podcast. I'm the host currently, Stephen Prejean Garner. You can follow me on Twitter at StayTrueS.3. And we at CSGO Sky, the podcast, are presented by CD1 Price Cleaners. Visit CSGO.CD1.com to see why customers save over 30% on their dry cleaning bill. And if you're in the business of sending your clothes to cleaners to be cleaned for alterations or actually to be laundered or dry cleaned, you understand uh, the swiftness at which CD1 is able to get your clothes back. And those things matter when you're moving in this high-paced world that we're living in at the moment. So definitely check out the link, figure out with the CSGO um, discounts and things of that nature, that how you can just make that a little bit more productive and more get more bang for your buck from the partnership by um, by just kind of helping support us. Uh, it's a win-win for us. You shake our hand, we'll shake yours. But uh, yeah, welcome to another episode. And we got a handful of quick hitting topics to kind of speak on. Uh, we're going to be kind of going a little bit shorter than normal. For today's episode so it'll be a little bit more of a quick hitting fashion with the topics but let's go ahead and start with some news um breaking about maybe an hour and a half to two hours ago uh and first reported by my eye from any constable of the chicago sun times was that unfortunately rebecca garner has sustained another uh somewhat significant injury and it was suffered in play with uh Sparjarona, who she plays with overseas um, and it looks like it's a, a torn right Achilles. And again, first reported by my eye, by any constable. Uh, that's a tough break for the Chicago Sky. As though she's not officially a part of the roster at the moment, they did recently extend a qualifying offer to her. And they were in the negotiation process of trying to figure out numbers or what works um, and what the parameters would be in the negotiating. And Unfortunately, to see this news break this morning uh, is obviously tough to tough a tough pill to swallow, especially for a Chicago Sky team that's really trying to find their foot and heading in a new direction. Uh, Law, you got anything you want to yeah, add yeah, on that, Stephen? Uh, honestly, I just feel really sad for Rebecca. I mean, I feel like her injury history now, like this is what two years in a row, basically two seasons lost now. Um, yeah, and I know how. The season started last year. I thought she was one of the best players on the team, what she added. Mm-hmm. And I mean, this is just, it's just upsetting. I mean, that's, I mean, Achilles, that's the whole year. So that's, yeah. that's no good. That's, yeah. yeah. And as French Bulls TV says, so gutted for Bex. Like, I agree, man. I, it just hurts. That one hurts. Yeah. I think, I think she quickly uh, ingratiated herself with the fan base just by her style of play and how really captivating it is with the the levels of energy she exerts over the course of an entire game when she's on the floor. And just to see her start to come back from the injury that she sustained last season with her foot and yeah. finally start actually getting back on the court from transitioning from being in a boot the rest of the regular season last year uh, to finally being able to dribble and play a little bit. And she was starting to get her legs under her, started getting into the Rebecca bag that makes her such a unique talent. And then this is... It's tough, man. I definitely have prayers out for her, um, hoping for her to make another full recovery yeah. and come back and be a better version of herself. Uh, but in the meantime, she definitely has a, a uphill battle to climb with that. But again, she's a very persevering human being. 
um, for many different reasons and definitely fully expect to see her back and hopefully with the Chicago sky as well. For sure. And I'll let you that, that transitions into this new direction for the sky. I mean, that adds just a whole new wrinkle for the, yeah. you know, spoon and the, and the team to figure out. That's very true. That's very true. In additional news uh, coming from this, this uh, high volume of news this week regarding the Chicago sky on Tuesday, they announced that they would be adding Crystal Robinson to the coaching staff as Theresa Witherspoon starts to narrow down the candidates and ultimately start having the Sky Inc. people that she's comfortable with and people she's trustworthy in to help her and to add to that brain trust on her coaching staff. Crystal Robinson is, for people that might not know, a player that spent time going to multiple finals um, appearances with Teresa Weatherspoon in the New York Liberty in the late 90s at the inception of the, the WNBA and is a, is a coach that has over 10 years of experience. She's won state championship uh, as a coach on the high school circuit level in Oklahoma, and she has a litany of <laughs> successes under her belt in terms of looking at her resume. But in addition to that, she also won a championship in 2018 with the Seattle Storm. So not only does she have experience in the coaching realm, she has championship-level winning experience. She obviously has the experience being a winning basketball player. And in addition to all of that, she has a synergy with Coach Weatherspoon. And there's certainly a relationship there. There's a level of trust, like I mentioned. And Crystal, it seems like, from everything that Teresa Weatherspoon mentioned in her media availability earlier this week, is a, a person that... I would say just by my estimation, there's a lot of kindredness between those two. That energy that Teresa Weatherspoon brings in any room that she walks in and she can inspire anybody to to run through a wall for themselves even before running through a wall for herself. Um, I think Crystal Robinson is going to have that same type of energy and bring that type of that type of positivity, but also accountability to the Chicago sky. And again, like we talked about with Lawrence, with this team heading in a new direction, that's going to help to fortify a lot of the things independent of the head coach and kind of have somebody else that can be another piece that's bringing a lot of those things that you need and helping steer the wheel in the right direction for this team as they trek forward into this new rendition. And in additional news, the Chicago Sky also made another trade. On Monday, news broke that they made a trade with the Los Angeles Sparks to acquire the number eight pick in exchange, the number eight pick in this upcoming draft in exchange for a signing trade with Julie Alamond, the rights to Lee Yuru, and the Chicago Sky's 2025 third-round pick. So the Sky are making moves, they're wheeling and dealing, and this is a pivot from, obviously, everything stemming from their intentions with free agency and ultimately not being able to net any of the players that they prioritize most and being able to pivot from that to a plan B and start to execute by replenishing the draft capital that they have going forward and what better way to do that than to with some of the maybe historically potentially best drafts in WNBA history coming up over the next three seasons being able to throw your hat in that in three consecutive years in a meaningful manner is important and for a team that did not have those picks prior to heading into this um, current offseason to now have those in their in their back pocket in addition to a second round pick for this upcoming this upcoming draft as well at number 13 that's a quick that's a very very quick um bounce back and way to pivot from um Jeff Paglioka and company 
And I, I think that deserves a hat tip and a salute in and of itself for being able to pivot so swiftly from a plan A to a plan B with, when you're still kind of getting your feet wet as the new, the league's newest general manager. So hats up to Jeff for that. And we're kind of looking forward to seeing what this guy can do in terms of adding talent to what they've already um, received in trades, um, being obviously the, the number eight pick, like we just mentioned, as well as the players that they received in the trade for Kalia Copper from two weeks ago. Uh, so just kind of transitioning from there, I think the first thing that we could talk about is this ESPN article that came out earlier this week speaking to uh, really just the first kind of mock draft. And it came with perfect timing seeing that the sky not only added one pick, but added two picks in the first round, being the number third, the number three pick, the third pick in this draft, and the number eight pick. And in that mock draft from ESPN, it, it had the Chicago sky taking Rakia Jackson from Tennessee at number three. And I think that's a first, that's a good, that's a good uh, place to start there, just kind of looking at the projections. Uh, Rakia is a, a player that is just a ball of talent, all types of energy, athleticism, activity that she brings on both sides of the floor. She's been thrusted into a leadership, uh, leadership role with the Volunteers over the last two seasons of her collegiate career. And I believe she might also be um, she might also be the only the only senior that's projected to be a lottery pick. So the only player that's a surefire that'll be included in this upcoming draft as other players have the optionality with the COVID year and being able to decide whether they want to come back for an extra season or not. Rakia is the only one that's surefire to be in it. And for the sky to have at least the opportunity at her, I think that means everything because they have some, um, needless to say, with the loss of Rebecca Gardner, in addition to trading away Kalia Copper, they have plenty of room on the wing to fill minutes in and, if you can get your hands on the talent that could potentially um, be the best that comes out of this draft when it's all said and done in potential, that's a that's a great piece to have. And, you know, bringing that into everything newness that's coming with the Chicago Sky, having a, a new face, a younger piece that can kind of just kind of chip in there is it's gonna be important. She's a all she's a all all college talent. She'll certainly be garnering a lot of attention for awards and her play definitely definitely suggests that it'll translate well to the professional level. She's raw on the edges in certain in certain areas of her skill, but as a scorer, she gets the job done and she can do so in multiple contexts, whether that be playing out of the post, whether that be working in isolation with a live dribble or a dead dribble, having good footwork under below, below the free throw line and working to play angles to use her size to her advantage, being able to get there herself, not always having to have somebody pass her open, but being able to navigate around the floor with the live dribble and be able to be misleading and play with contact, initiate with contact and be able to even counter that. She's shown a lot this season in her growth. And I think she was going to be a piece that translates well to the W regardless of what team she ends up going to. But I do think that in terms of fit, in terms of situation and in terms of the context, there might not be a better situation for her than to be with the Chicago sky. And I think she's a piece that can certainly help to take this team to another level. Like I mentioned with the absence of Rebecca Garner, but also in this time spent after clear copper. In addition to the number three pick with Rakia, it was also mentioned in that mock draft that with the number eight pick, the sky were projected to pick up Alyssa Peely. And yet another another mercurial talent that's really come on this past season in her time with Utah. Uh, Peely is a player that, that plays with physicality, 
that certainly plays with a level of skill in addition to the physicality that makes her that has a unique draw to the eye. Uh, I think what stands out on film is just for a player with for a player with the physical the physical uh, attributes that she has. It's the skill. The skill really jumps off the screen in terms of looking at the film from Alyssa. She's really a three-level scorer. She can get it done on all three levels. Um, she can play with movement. She can obviously play from a standstill and, and out of the triple threat. And she can also make passes that that really just, like I said, with the scoring, also pop off, pop off the screen in terms of the film. And she would be a unique piece seeing how, in terms of what she can potentially bring on the defensive side of the floor, translates how that translates to the professional level. Uh, there's definitely a lot of work to do on that end, but when you have an opportunity to add another shooter to a roster that needs the shooting, but also somebody that cannot just shoot but do a lot of other things in addition to that skill set, I think that's a that's a gimme if she's available for the Chicago Sky with that number eight pick. And I think this those both of those pieces being a number three with Rakia and a number eight with Alyssa in projecting would be pieces that in terms of skill development. Teresa Weatherspoon and all of her experience doing so. Jeff Paglioka, though he is the GM, will certainly be involved with that realm of the Chicago Sky in this rendition as well. I think having those type of talents and potential in-house to groom up and to uh, really take under your wing and just kind of really help to uh, help to cater to in terms of their skill and how they ingratiate themselves and integrate themselves into the franchise on the W level would be it would be a potentially prolific situation that can end up being extremely positive for the sky. In addition to them being able to add more talent to develop and um, to bring into their development over the next couple of drafts as well. I think if they strike gold and they do a solid job in finding pieces that fit in context and fit in terms of opportunity that they have to present in this upcoming draft, they could surprise a lot of teams that a lot of teams in the league, but also surprise a lot of fans and people that are that are um, watching the game in terms of being a team that's better than what might be projected to them uh, record-wise and things like that. So it'll be interesting to see how things shake out as we get closer to the draft and we start getting more clarity in terms of who is actually going to be in the draft, who's declaring, who won't be available. Um, this wasn't included in the news tab, but I think anybody that's listening to this podcast saw that Paige Becker's announced over the weekend that she would be returning for another year at UConn, which I was going to ask you about that. Yeah, for sure. Which is definitely doesn't really come as a surprise coming off of the ACL injury that she sustained last season. She's starting to find her legs again and she's really starting to look like the page that, that literally grabbed everybody's attention by the throat yeah. and really made her this, this mercurial talent on the collegiate level. A lot. Yeah. Remember when she was like, to project to be like the number one overall, you know, yeah. a couple of years ago. Yeah. Yeah. That talent hasn't gone anywhere. She just had to work her way back to it after the injury. And I think she's done that. And then some, and obviously anybody being coached by coach uh, Gino Ariema is going to be league ready mentally, if not also physically and skill set wise. And I think Paige is one of the players that's going to be able to check off all three boxes uh, when she does decide to finally come to the league, which looks like it'll be in this upcoming draft next year. Now, okay, let's talk about Caitlin Clark because yeah. some people are starting to say that she might follow Paige's same route there and take an extra year. She also could do that if she wants. Do you do you have any feelings on which way she's going to go? 
I think with the way the NIL deals have swayed things heavily into the players having more control over the direction they want to go versus how it was prior to, I think it's incentivized for them to stay another year in college, uh, continue to develop their skills, to continue to also grow into their own physically as women before taking their talents to the W level because the W level is obviously a lot more physical and it's officiated differently than the collegiate level is. And I do think that both of those players have talents that will translate, but I think having the physical attributes that come with the extra year in college would definitely be to their benefit. Interesting. I, you know, I, I, I honestly, I gotta be honest. I didn't see the game last night between the Hawkeyes and Hoosiers, but I saw that yeah. she was like two of 13 in the second half and had a rough night. And yeah. she said they were like really pushing her out of her spots. Did you watch mm-hmm. the game or like, is that just sort of an off night for her? Nothing to worry about. I think it's an off night for her, but because we've seen her play through um, teams that elect to play the, the physical card with her, yeah. But I think a lot of times those those kind of in the in the game dynamics come down to how officials are deciding to officiate a game. If they're giving her the touch fouls that she gets quite often, she doesn't need the whistle to get 40, but that makes that 40 a lot more profound because now she's dictating who from an opponent's perspective can actually be on the floor because players are in foul trouble. You can't you just literally can't guard Kayla Clark if you can't touch her. So if the ref- if referees are officiating the game to that dynamic, then she has it all in her hands at that point, and you really just got to play the chance game. Uh, but it looks like, from what I saw, they were allowing them to be a little bit more handsy than than I guess Kaylin is uh, used to, and that obviously played to the Hoosiers' favor, and they got a big-time win. Well, considering the Sky have picked three and not pick one, I guess maybe maybe I'm rooting for her to, to do what you said and spend another year in college. <laughs> Yeah, by by all accounts that I'm seeing and reading, it seems like she's on the fence at the moment. And obviously, I think she's going to sway decisions. There's going to definitely be um, impact in terms of what decisions she decides to ultimately make. Um, if she does go into the draft, it's going gonna, it's gonna to have a lot more alignment with the mock drafts that we're seeing. As people project that, obviously, the Indiana Fever will have first dibs on whether they want her or not. And I think it's needless to say that they will be drafted her first if she's available. Yeah. But if she's not, that changes a lot because I wonder if the I wonder if the fever decide to do something else with that pick and try to trade it, maybe attach it to a player, bring in another talent. Like I think there's a lot of domino effect that's gonna come from just a decision by by Caitlin to decide whether she wants to transition from Iowa or not quite yet. Mm. Well, I just don't like that my Hawkeyes have lost two or three. I want to see them <laughs> cut down the nets in March so that Jay Williams maybe can think that she's a great player because that oh my goodness. was one of the dumbest things I've ever heard. <sighs> you know, any any discourse that's entertaining, anything less than Kaylin being great, I don't think is appropriate. Now, if you want to talk about how that translates to the W, that's a whole other topic. But to insinuate that she's anything less than great at this current state, with everything that she's not just doing for herself and for Iowa, but everything that she's doing for women's college basketball and even in a broader scope, women's basketball as a whole, I think you're just looking at it from the wrong perspective. So I know, yeah, uh, that's my two cents on that one. <laughs> yeah, Jay, I don't, I don't like Jay Williams. I don't like that comment, but yeah, I mean, yeah, she's selling out arenas. She's making new fans every every time she goes out there. And- she's drawing eyes to women's basketball that have never been uh, intrigued by the women's game for whatever reason. And I think that's a win for everybody in and of itself there for as people that support women in any capacity, but especially in the basketball realm. So, and, and anyone who could step over half court and just fire and hit shot after shot, that's, I'm sorry, you're great. You're great <laughs> at what you do. 
Yes, I would say so too. And I don't, I wouldn't say that she's the Steph Curry of women's basketball at all. I would say she's the Kaitlyn Clark of women's basketball. Yeah. You can, she can be her own player. She doesn't have to be somebody that's preceded her on the men's side or the women's side. And I think the way she's changing the game, she's being just that. So shout out to Kaylin. Everybody's looking forward to the decision that she's ultimately going to make in the coming weeks or so. Uh, with the March Madness being literally right around the corner at this point, it's crazy to even be saying that right now, the way that this year, since the calendar turned, is moving, the pace is moving at, but yeah, we'll be finding out more news from the Chicago Sky on the draft front moving forward, as well as with the decision coming from Kaylin Clark. Um, but just kind of transitioning to another topic and just looking at the state of the Chicago Sky's uh, roster at the moment, let's kind of look at some of the players that they brought in as I had an opportunity to speak with a few of those players in their media availability over the last three days. Uh, let's start with Michaela Onyenwere. So obviously she was brought in via trade um, in exchange for Kalia Copper from the Phoenix Mercury. Michaela is very much a tweener, and we had a conversation about that that um, that tabbing in terms of trying to assess what position she might play um, when I had a chance to speak with her yesterday. And I was able to ask her, um, just kind of looking at the state of women's basketball and really basketball in general, transitioning to being more positionless by the year. Um, she was. I kind of just asked her how that plays to her favor. And when I mentioned the word positionless, she was extremely adamant in nodding in agreement. And before I was able to even finish the question, I think she knew where I was going. And I think a lot of the questions that I guess surrounded her name coming out of coming out of the draft a few years ago when she ultimately won rookie of the year was that they didn't know how to position her. They didn't know if she was a guard. They didn't know if she was a three. They didn't know if she was a, a true forward or like a center front court type piece. And I think that kind of that kind of uh, played somewhat negatively to the projections that came about in terms of looking at the type of player that she is. However, as we transition into 2024, just a few years after she was drafted and looking at how players are assessed now, that ambiguity in terms of position and her abilities to facilitate to multiple multiple positions in different contexts on both sides of the floor is in terms of being like a Swiss army knife of sorts really is something that I think any player would want at this point, um, looking at where the W is headed. And it's good to have her in-house for the Chicago Sky. I'm very curious to see how she's featured within the offense in terms of usage um, from T Teresa Weatherspoon and looking at um, what type of offense she's going to ultimately try to run and how Michaela fits into that process in that context. Um, it's going to be unique. We talked about a little bit about her, um, her as a screener yesterday and how that's an opportunity for her to kind of play to her skill sets and not have to always have the ball in her hands. Uh, we also talked a little bit about how she can contribute to the sky in their spacing context. Uh, we talked about spacing a lot last season. I think at the present state with what the with the roster that they have, spacing is going to be a little bit more of a concern than it was last season. But figuring out how to use pieces like Michaela within that context that aren't necessarily known as the best shooters, though she was also adamant yesterday mentioning to me that she's been working on her three-point shot and trying to add that more to her bag as a steady diet to her scoring dynamic. Uh, though she's not respected, and that's going to be a work in progress to get the attention that she wants to, to be able to play off of uh, closeouts like that. She mentioned being able to cut, being able to screen, and being able to understand how to re-space around actions to give players space to work like Dana Evans, and then be able to play off of the attention that they garner. 
and uh man is like cutting and screening like we just talked about so it'll be fun to see how her um how her dynamic integrates into the process for this guy in this new rendition but i do think that it's without a doubt that defensively she'll be a weapon and then some she mentioned to me yesterday that her first conversation with Teresa Witherspoon, and she said she only had like maybe one or two. The um the first thing that Teresa mentioned to her is that she feels like she can guard one through five, and Michaela was drawn back by that at first, but then as as uh, Teresa started to uh, infuse that aforementioned positivity that will make anybody want to run through a brick wall for her. Michaela started to understand where she was coming from and saw how her skill sets could kind of lend itself to being in alignment with the role that Teresa ultimately can see her playing on the defensive side of the floor. And that's, again, just being that Swiss Army knife that could go from guarding if they're playing the aces. She could guard Chelsea Gray on a possession. She could guard Kelsey Plum on a possession. She could switch and guard Jackie Young. She could switch up and guard up two, three positions and ultimately end up guarding Asia Wilson and be able to do a solid job containing the ball. Uh, so just kind of looking at how that dynamic uh, plays out for a player like Michaela is going to be fun to see with her and Grace sharing herself to the Sky roster. And with that, let's go ahead and dive into our first ad coming from Coors Light. Oh, well, that's me. Uh, <laughs> all right. So uh, here's the deal. Uh, CHGO Sky and uh, the CHGO Sports in general, we are sponsored by Coors Light. And um, whether your team is stressing out or life in general is stressing out, things can feel chaotic. And that's why Coors Light helps you find moments to chill all year long. Um, Coors Light is the perfect cold refreshment to chill you out, especially during a game at Wintrust Arena. I don't know about you, Stephen, but you know, occasionally I like to have a cold beer. And <laughs> there is nothing more chill than cracking open a can of Coors Light. It is perfect for embracing that chill. And guess what? The best part is that the mountains on the cans turn blue as blue as that beautiful sky jersey and it is as cold as the rockies it is cold lagered cold filtered and cold packaged for a smoother finish and when it's, when it's time to chill we suggest you open a Coors light it is mountain cold refreshment crisp and refreshing as the colorado rockies when it's time to chill Coors light is the beer i reach for and my friends at chgo sports reach for too get Coors light delivered straight to your door with instacart by going to coorslight.com Slash slash CHGO dunk and celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. For sure. How about that? Yeah. I did an ad read. That was that was dope. Shout out, shout out, quick, quick draw law. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but kind of kind of transitioning back to the state of the sky roster. Um, in addition to a player that was also uh, added in a trade for Kalia Copper was Brianna Turner. And Brianna Turner is a player that the Chicago Sky went up against in that 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 um that I don't even know that magical 2021 championship run against all the odds. Uh, Brianna Turner was a player that has spent a lot of time under the tutelage to an, to an extent of Brittany Griner. Also been able to just soak up all of the basketball acumen and any type of uh, insights and advice in terms of skills, how to play the game on the defensive side of the ball as a front court piece that's versatile. She soaked up all of that over the course of her last couple of years of her career. And I think the sky, a team that needed more rim protection and versatility within that rim protection behind Elizabeth Williams, they were able to tab that in, um, in the trade for Kalia Copper. So being able to add that size 
um, to come off the bench potentially, or to even sometimes potentially play with Elizabeth Williams as well as Isabel Harrison. It's going to be fun to see Brianna Turner um, with the – with a defensive-minded coach, the likes of Teresa Witherspoon, be featured uh, on the defensive side of the floor. Like I mentioned, she has a lot of versatility. She has very good feet for a front court piece, and she's also great with her anticipatory skill. She's one of the few players across the W that's averaged north of one block and one steal, so that would be two stocks over the last two seasons, and she's done that multiple times past just the past two seasons over the course of her career. Now, she has uh, some of her weaknesses on uh, come from uh, the offensive side of the ball where uh, spacing, again, becomes a little bit of an issue, though she's obviously working to that and has grown in that specific skill. But she's able to do a solid job setting screens. She's, she has some role gravity, and she also has the height to present a handful of, uh, a handful of depths in um, vertical spacing, being able to make those passes over the top of a guard that might be making a rotation from a from, – um, having to help the helper defensively when somebody like, let's say Marina Mabry is coming off of a screen and the poet and whoever it is that's guarding Brianna Turner has a, has the help over to guard her initially. So as she gets into a role, that opportunity to make passes up top rather than it always being a pocket pass or a pass chest to chest, it's going to be an important dynamic for the sky to have, especially with the likes of Dana Evans and also obviously Marina and Mabry and any other potential guard that they might add to the roster, um, potential potentially via trade or obviously through the draft, uh, is going to need, and they're going to be able to use that to their advantage. I think Brianna Turner is also a player that matches character-wise to everything that the Chicago Sky are trying to do and trying to add to this new rendition. I think one of the biggest takeaways from my conversations and the general conversations that I was able to observe from, um, from Teresa Weatherspoon's media availability on Wednesday is that they're not just looking to add skill and not just looking to add talent in the checkoff boxes roster-wise. They're looking for high-character pieces that align with everything mentally that they're trying to that they're trying to take steps towards in terms of facilitating to the roster that they have. And I think them being able to do that as the, the baseline and foundation is going to allow for tons of abundances to kind of come from the back end of that down the line and just being able to have the type of pieces that you – that I feel most aligned with who Teresa Weatherspoon is as a player, how she was as a player rather, and who she is as a coach and who she is as a person. Um, so just kind of looking at those inner dynamics in terms of the pieces that they're adding to the roster is important. And I think it's good to see that they facilitated to the roster in that manner. And both Teresa and Jeff, when I asked them if they felt like they did a solid job adding players to the roster that aligned there, were also emphatically on the yes side and saying that they're also – not just excited to coach the players off of the skills, but also excited to coach those players off of the type of personalities and the people that they are. And again, like I mentioned, that's that's as important as anything when you're looking at trying to establish a new identity with a new coach, a new general manager, um, the, fr- the franchise face, and the, most of the players that were on that 2021 roster are now gone. And, you know, just kind of looking at all of the newness, having things that align with where you are in terms of your philosophies and who you just who you are as a person is important. After Brianna Turner, Michaela Onyewere, the sky also, though this wasn't via trade, they were able to add a piece that spent time with Brianna Turner and also was with the Chicago Sky on the 2021 roster. And that's one of the fan favorites, uh, a legend in the basketball realm from Chicago in Chicago basketball, not from Chicago. 
but she might as well be. She's the adopted child in a sense for just the personality and all the energy energy that she brings. And that's that's Diamond the Shields, the one and only Diamond. Now, the context in which she's being brought in has rather swiftly shifted from what she may have initially been looking at in terms of teaming back up with Kalia Copper in the Chicago Sky uniform. Nonetheless, the fact that the Sky are the team that ultimately were able to bring Diamond back in and for her to also choose to want to come back to Chicago after a lot of the conversations that have been had over the last couple of weeks about facilities, ownership, and the the swiftness at which they're making decisions. For a player like Diamond to decide to want to come back to Chicago and for Chicago as far as the front office for the sky to obviously want to welcome her back with open arms says a lot about the city. Um, Teresa Witherspoon had plenty to speak on about that in terms of gauging the decisions made by free agents and how this one cannot have an eye being batted upon it. Um, and I couldn't agree more. And I think Diamond is going to have a chip on her shoulder that is as big as the, any chip that she had prior to, even um, even before she became a member of the Sky for her first stint. And I think that all of that is going to ultimately add to um, Diamond just being a major plus for the team. She had she mentioned to us in uh, her media availability on Tuesday that she hasn't she hadn't played basketball in over 300 days after trying to nurse herself back to full health to be able to be her true self, and how that time off has really kind of added a lot of perspective to where she is mentally as a as a human even before a basketball player. I mean, I gotta be honest, Stephen. I I think she was my favorite player um, in her first stint with the Sky. Um, I had the pleasure of actually, it had nothing to do with the team. She was at a, 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 like a conference about women's sports and her role in it. And just hearing her speak as a human being, I was immediately team diamond for sure for life. And so I'm pretty excited to have her back in the city. I think she's, I, I loved what she brought to the team, her energy. And it's just great to have her back. She, she's awesome. Yeah. Uh Diamond, it's honestly, if you if you if you're a fan, if you're a fan of the Chicago Sky specifically, or even if you're somebody that's in the media, uh like us two, I think it's impossible to not find yourself rooting for Diamond just as a human to see the the litany of injuries and time spent away from basketball that she's had to for that fire to never have dissipated in any capacity. And for her to just continue to approach it with such a such an inspirational type of uh, type of energy about her, she's special. She's really special just as a human being. And I think anything that she adds in terms of the the world class athleticism that she brings to the court is just all a cherry on top of the person that she is. But I think it all again just stems from who she is as a person. Hundred percent. I totally agree. Yeah, she—that's a great word for her. She's special. She's awesome. She, she is. She's one of the best stories in all of basketball. Um, I, I, we could literally talk about Diamond for an entire podcast. <laughs> yeah, and let that be. Let that be us manifesting and being able to have a conversation with Diamond on the podcast. Hopefully, in the future. Uh, she, she, I'd love to 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 see her uh, uh, talk to you. That'd be great. Most definitely, most definitely. Uh, but yeah, she was uh, she was very candid in her conversations with the media on Tuesday. And she spoke to, like I mentioned, not having played basketball in over 300 days as a decision, just to get her body back to being fully herself. And kind of talking about her skill 
and what she is going to bring to the Chicago sky. Uh, she talked about she talked about leadership first and foremost, just having a even more a brand new perspective than she had her first time around with the sky, and just the the maturity that comes with having spent so much time, but also carrying the weight that she's had to, in addition to her time being spent as a professional basketball player, it's all going to be an added plus to this team. And in addition to all of that, just the athleticism that she brings, like I talked about a little bit earlier and her being able to just get downhill whenever she wants to. I think that's going to be something in addition to obviously Dana Evans being cut from that same cloth. It's going to be fun. Just going to add Dana's name to that, (laughs) how she can mix in with Dana for sure. Yep. And she, uh, she actually mentioned in the, the media availability that she was, happy and excited to play with Dana. Uh, obviously, Dana was in a completely different role, and she ultimately will be going into this upcoming season, which speaks to the context that Diamond left the sky in, to the context that she's coming to it in now. That's all playing to the favor of Dana. Um, not making projections because uh, Teresa Witherspoon was very clear that everything is going to be open competition in terms of roles, who's going to start, who's going to be six six player, and all of that stuff. Uh, but Clearly, Dana has the talent that's going to suggest that she's going to have her um, say-so on who's going to be the starting point guard for this team. And Diamond spoke to the skill development that she's seen from uh, from Dana and just how her mentality, when she when when Diamond said she left the team, she said she did, She had beyond a shadow of a doubt. There was no doubt that that uh, that Dana could be the player that she's ultimately becoming. It's just, it was just going to take time and nurturing. And she said she's one of the most hardworking players she's been around. And she also made sure to note that um, that Dana was her rookie when uh, when Diamond was here in 2021. So obviously that speaks to the relationship that they have. They remained in contact since then. And coming back is obviously just going to rekindle that fire. And I think there's a lot of kindredness between those two, not unlike Teresa Witherspoon has with uh, the coach, Coach Crystal Robinson, that she added to her, to her, um, to her brain trust. Yeah, I saw Dana put up 35, 5, and 7 uh, the other day overseas. And uh, like you said, a completely different player now than when Diamond left here. Mm -hmm. And the two of them together should definitely – they will will mesh very well is what I'll say. (laughs) Most definitely. I'm certainly looking forward to – Certainly looking forward to Dana. Um, Dana making her making her growth this upcoming season. She's gonna have a a, a major topic coming in uh, podcast to come from us. Just speaking to her skill development, her growth, and everything she's shown over in Turkey. Uh, but just kind of looking at Diamond, she she talked about uh, the three ball being one of her uh, quote unquote biggest weaknesses to her game, and how that's something that she's been diligent with working towards. And she says she's very comfortable the space that she's operating in with that specific skill. So it's going to be intriguing to see how that integrates into the process for this guy. And I'm also curious to see if she can start to get a little bit more attention from deep from defenses, because if she's doing that, even just a half step closer in terms of garnering longer closeouts, but her driving ability to blow by anybody whenever she really wants to, and also finish at the cup, but just generally generate paint touch after paint touch at nauseum. If she's starting to get people to close out a little longer to the three-point line, it's going to be a, a one hell of a season in store for her. And I think she's with the right type of coach to understand who she is as a person and how to get the absolute most out of her as well. And I think those interplayer, interplayer coach dynamics are as important as anything where this team is at the moment. Yeah, I, I think you're, I think you're spot on. I, I like, I, I like, uh, 
the mix that spoon's going to have yeah. with this this the way the direction they're going it's mm -hmm. uh mm -hmm. a lot of interesting parts and pieces obviously you have to put it together but that's what that's what camp's for that's what the yep. preseason's for yep that's you know that's how it works and speaking to you bringing up camp, uh, Teresa mentioned on Wednesday that she thinks that with the players that they've compiled from the players we just mentioned, we still haven't talked about Lindsey Allen quite yet, to the players that are already on the roster, as well as the training camp invites that they had, like like Kaiser Gondrasek and also uh, Chenity Carter. Teresa was very, um, how can I put it? Uh, she was very sure. She was very sure that they would have one of the most competitive training camps in all of the WNBA and that that regardless of the results that come from that will be something to kind of trampoline and springboard the team going into preseason and ultimately going into the season as a whole uh, for something for them to build off of. And it's definitely going to be a timestamp in terms of looking at this team's progression from where they start in training camp to where they ultimately end up in the, at the end of the regular season, whether that be surprising people and being a playoff team or whether that be a team that kind of comes up just short of that, I think they'll be proud of the product that they provide based off of the pieces that they brought in house and everything that's going to kind of permeate from those many different fiery type of personalities, all of which, like I mentioned a, a few minutes ago, align with the type of player, the type of coach and the type of person that Teresa Witherspoon, but also Jeff Paglioka are. Um, so just seeing how the ties kind of turn and take a little bit of a shift in how the sky are perceived and the type of product that they're putting out on the floor and the manners in which they go about that is going to be fun to it's going to be fun to gauge. And before we kind of get into the Lindsey Allen conversation, uh, let's just kind of get to a couple of the comments. We had a lot of conversation going on in the comment section. Uh, let's start. There was one that I saw. Let's start with um. Let's go with uh, John John Hosey. I hope I pronounced your name correctly. Um, talking about. Brianna Turner and talking about he liked what he saw from her in Phoenix last season. Um, Brianna definitely was uh, she had a unique uh, experience with the Mercury. She had obviously the the 2021 season, which the Chicago Sky obviously had the most um, the most I guess surprising to many route to the championship. But also the team that they went against was just one seed ahead of them and had to win as many games as the Sky did to end that season and ultimately had equally as hard of a route to get to the championship round as the sky did in 2021. And seeing both of those teams ultimately end up there and having seen Brianna Turner play an integral piece and in how that roster was ultimately able to, to um, take all of the injuries that they had in the regular season, finally get healthy and make that championship run ultimately coming up short to the sky. That's a lot of experience that comes with that. But in addition to that and past just that season, ultimately having a 2022 season, where they came up short of their goals and trying to get back to the championship round and ultimately uh, going out in the first round, I believe, in 2022. And then last season, not making the playoffs at all. And all of the injury history that came with that, all of the off-the-court stuff with the Skylar Diggins Smith situation and one of their best players not being around, to even the whole Brian, um, excuse me, Brittany Griner situation, how she wasn't with the team and all of the impacts mentally that they had on the players that were not just her teammates, but also her sisters and trying to balance the concern and all of the emotion that comes with that. We're also being able to play basketball and tend to your craft. Tough, tough. And she spoke to all of those things uh, with the media and just talked about how she can take all of those things and just be present 
and uh, understand the significance of the presence and be able to be able to apply that in a leadership role based off of the experiences that she's compiled with the Chicago Sky roster. Uh, so I'm, I'm, I'm definitely excited to see what, what Breezy Turner can bring to the team. And it's going to be exciting to see her learn from, but also add to the skill set that Elizabeth Williams already brings in rim protection and athleticism, being a solid screener and rolling, being able to do some things off of the short roll and all of that fun stuff. Um, there's one more comment that I wanted to, to get to. Uh, yes, French Bulls TV. Shout out to French Bulls TV. Um, the first comment of his that I want to speak to is having, having three of the top 13 picks in this draft after all the assets we lost in lost last year in the maybe trade is huge. And yes, I want to highlight that because, I again, I feel like for all of the attention that the sky is striking out, on the, the free agents that they prioritized in terms of trying to bring them in-house. For all the attention that that got in them striking out in that, I think equally as much attention has to be paid to and a hat tip has to be given to Jeff Paglioka for being able to navigate those waters and ultimately deciding, okay, we're not going to be able to have the roster to facilitate to clear copper, but also um, what we can do to rebound and bounce back from that rather than licking the wounds and kind of sticking in the mud, finding a way to, to navigate out of that and optimize the current situation that you're in. Again, all with still getting his feet wet as a GM in the league is that, that is impressive. That's very impressive. And I think it's going to, it's going to be a big time um, timestamp moment in terms of looking at where this team was when he came in as a free agent, the things that transpired early on, and how he was able to rebound. I think having a clear and concise plan, because you're not able to just do that so swiftly as, as he's done over the last two weeks, you're not going to be able to do that without it actually being a part of your plan. And I think that they had a very elaborate, um, they had a very elaborate method at which they wanted to go about doing these things. And I think they executed upon that well. Um, so shout out to the, the new Chicago Sky decision makers for that. And the other comment I wanted to look at from French Bulls TV, uh, and they mentioned, is it weird to have a basketball team in Chicago that can pick a direction and move according to plan? <laughs> oh, man. Uh, the answer is, is no, because the Sky have shown that they, they, have, um, they have decision makers, whether that be the old regime or the present one, that understand how to decide on where they decide they want to go and be able to map out a plan to execute upon that. But looking at the rest of Chicago sports teams, not just basketball, but the sports teams. Yes, that's definitely weird. Yeah. For sure. it's, it's nice to have a leadership group that has a direction and makes it happen. You know, like, meanwhile, like you said, some of the other teams, I don't know, the Cubs have, have, have talked about Cody Bellinger for like 140 days now, but yeah, Tell it's me about now it. spring training and he's still not here. If you're going to sign him, why are we signing him? Exactly. The Bulls just got blown out, of course, last night in their return from the break. But they're remaining com competitive. Competitive. Come on, man. <laughs> Come on, man. So, yeah, definitely looking at the climate of Chicago sports and seeing a team that does have direction, that's definitely weird to see. But it shouldn't come as a surprise as what, um, as far as how the sky have moved of late. And then they, uh, French Bulls TV also mentioned that they like where Jeff was headed in terms of being able to replenish the draft, the draft capital. And I think for Chicago Sky supporters or people like us that cover the team, it's a unique space because they haven't really been a team that's 
had much say so in terms of drafts the last couple of seasons. So there's a different type of excitement that comes with that. There's obviously a lot of ambiguity and we still are not sure with the pool of players that are going to be available for the sky to choose from when their pick ultimately comes or picks plural ultimately comes. But it's going to be intriguing to see. It's going to be something different prior to the season starting that's going to garner our attention and create a lot of discourse as well. So we'll obviously have that all covered here with CSGO Sky, and that's going to be a fun time come um, come April and May uh, heading into training camp. Definitely. Hey, I'll tell you what. Why don't you hit this uh, Ray Chrysler Dodge Jeep and sure. Ram ad, and then we got a couple more comments coming in, and uh, we could uh, a couple questions that we could get through those. For sure. Well, are you in the market for a new vehicle? If you are, then we have some great news for you. Our partner, Ray Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram in Fox Lake, is celebrating President's Day sales, a President's Day sales event all month long. And you know what that means? That means that you can shop, you'll be able to shop presidentially in savings on their wide selection and inventory for a limited time. Get a 20% off MSRP on all remaining new 2022 <clears throat> Jeep Gladiator Jeep Gladiator models with dealership discounts as well. They're, no, they're the number one for new vehicle quality among mid-sized trucks, says JD Power. And that's not all. Shop their latest, shop their last call on select Dodge Challenger and Challenger models. Dodge is the most powerful muscle car brand, so you don't want to miss out on their last call with over 20 Dodge vehicles left to choose from. At Ray CDJR, you'll always be able to shop in one of Chicago, one of Chicagoland's largest inventories <clears throat> and drive home with money, with more money in your pocket than you'd expect, thanks to Ray's promise price or promise price. You don't want to miss out. Shop great deals all month long and save big because at Ray CDJR. They make buying a vehicle more affordable than ever. And actually, this is where I'm going to jump in because that's not all. Just for listening, you can get a free oil change when you mention CHGO at the service center or mention CHGO when you book online at Ray CDJR slash service. But you have to schedule before February 29th. That's right. You get an extra day. It is leap year. So you get that extra day. Uh, so if you're in a market for a new vehicle, then you have to check out the team at Ray, Chrysler, Dodge, Jeep, and Ram, because they are the only team we recommend here at CHGO Sports. Visit the other day on Route 12 in Fox Lake. It's just right up the road for me. Uh, for more information, visit Ray CDJR in Fox Lake or RayCDJR.com, serving the community since 1963. Look at us. We're teaming up. I wanted to <laughs> take the dish there. <laughs> for sure. I kind of transitioned into uh, the Lindsey Allen talk. Um, Lindsey is a player that spent a lot of time in the league. I think she's been in the league for seven seasons, if I'm not mistaken. She's uh, also a Notre Dame fighting Irish, not unlike Marina Mabry, and also not unlike Turner, uh, players that she spent time with at multiple stints. So um, it's going to be intriguing to see what she can bring to the roster. I'm curious as to how it's going to go um, as far as the point guard, the point guard position. Uh, obviously, Lindsey's had experience being a starting point guard <clears throat> at multiple stops over the course of her career. And she's also uh, a player that has the experience that comes with being a professional uh, professional point guard, whether that be overseas like she currently is or on the W level. Um, and how that either is 
of service to Dana Evans or if it kind of comes in just supporting Dana um, as a six-player type of uh, – in a six-player type of role. Again, um, Teresa Witherspoon was very clear speaking to uh, being full open competition for every position and how things are going to certainly be earned uh, with her being at the helm of everything in terms of decision-making. So it's going to be fun to see how that dynamic creates a competitive uh, culture uh, actual competitive culture. I think it's important to mention that, uh, but it's gonna be it's gonna be fun to kind of see how these dynamics play out. But for Lindsay, she's uh, in every essence of the, of the uh, the adage is a true point guard, and being able to get things organized on the floor, uh, be able to adapt to the many changing defenses that a uh, team that the Chicago Sky will ultimately see with the types of offense and ta- offensive talents that they have. And she's also a piece that, again, has just seen everything. So things aren't going to come as a surprise to her. She understands that when she sees a certain pick and roll coverage, she's going to be able to go to these different counters. Or that if she's seeing help from this specific area, she knows that the with the way that the spacing is going to be for the offense, that there's going to be a player here, here, and here. And this is how they can go about quickly uh, playing off of the advantages created by the pieces and chess that the Sky have around the, around the board offensively. Um, and in addition to that, she's one of the most consistent pick and roll players um, on production, on efficiency, and even on volume across the entire W. So seeing her bring a lot of the different dynamics that she has uh, compiled over the course of her career and bring it into a Chicago Sky context is going to be intriguing to see. Uh, I got I had the pleasure of speaking with her yesterday about just where the WNBA is, has uh, headed in terms of uh, point guard play. Because when she came into the league, like she mentioned to me, it was players like Sue Bird that were um, that were pretty much the pretty much the cream of the crop in terms of the position. And obviously, Sue Bird wasn't solely ball dominant, as she she was able to do a handful of things off the ball as well. The game was a little bit more catered to point guards bringing the ball up the floor, setting setting up the table for the offense to ultimately play off of. Whereas now, like I talked about in my conversation with Michaela Onyewere things are growing a lot more positionless. And now you're starting to see, for example, with the Chicago Sky in the 2021 championship uh, on the championship team, and even in 2022, you see players like Candace Parker or even Emma Mieseman in 2022 bring the ball up the floor and initiate offense, or if not initiate in terms of literally bringing a ball up the floor, that might be the person that ultimately offense is going to be ran through and not just from the block in terms of front court pieces. They have the ball out, Past the past the three point line, and be running offense through them with players cutting. Sometimes players even set players even setting ball screens for them, which really just speaks to the evolution of basketball as a whole. So it's going to be intriguing to see um, with the perspective shared and all of the experiences that Lindsay has compiled, how she adds to everything that the Chicago Sky are doing, and ultimately what her role is going to be. I think regardless of whether she's starting whether she's closing or whether she's coming off the bench as a reserve, there's going to be a lot of value added in having another veteran point guard. And I think all of that, regardless of the role, again, is going to play to the favor of Dana Evans because now if you're looking at it from her perspective, she got drafted, came into the league, and who was the first player that she was kind of learning from? Legend Courtney Vandersloot. And then after spending multiple seasons practicing, watching film, talking basketball, um, and watching, obviously, in real time, having those conversations with Courtney Vandersloot, transitioning from that kind of sector of her career 
to transition to yet another Courtney that also has a, a litany of basketball experience and speaks and sees the game from a different lens than Courtney Vandersloot did. And that's in Courtney Williams. And Courtney Williams was arguably the best point guard in pick and roll play last season. She was definitely one of the higher volume pick and roll players based off of the system that James Wade started with and ultimately Emre Vadensever uh, implemented for the team. And spearheading a lot of that attack was Courtney Williams spending her first full season playing point guard. Dana was able to learn a whole lot from her, ended up developing a solid relationship. And now kind of looking after that season that she spent with Courtney Williams, you're not going to be able to see Dana learning from a point guard that plays a position even differently than Courtney Williams or Courtney Vandersloot. And that's Lindsey Allen. And I think there is, regardless of, again, the role, I think there's a ton of value that's going to come from Dana being able to practice with these players, play with these players, and just have conversations with these players about the position and their many different walks of basketball life, playing overseas while also in the W for multiple teams. And ultimately, if, if, if Chicago decides that Dana is the point guard for the future, all of these relationships that she was going to be able to compile time with is going to play to not just her favor, but the team's favor. And it's going to make her the most optimized version of herself that she could possibly be. So I'm looking forward to just seeing the dynamics that Lindsay brings to the table, um, how she can bring in tangibles and just generally how it's going to help to help to um, steer the wheel with this team as they transition into, into the newness of everything that's coming in 2024. The newness. Um, I, I love it. A um, couple questions before we get out of here. Uh, sure. Tim H put this one in, in, in asking, are the sky done with their roster? Because they appear to have some decent funds under the cap. Do you have any thoughts on that? That was something that unfortunately with the Rebecca Gardner news has brought more clarity. Um, I do think that they still have decisions to make. Obviously, Rebecca was on a qualifying offer, which means that they were trying to figure out the terms of an agreement, or if she was to go to another team, they would be able to facilitate a trade and uh, bring things in return for her. But obviously, with the injury, that's not going to happen now. Uh, I don't want to speak for the team. Not sure what's going to come from that, but I do think that puts a damper on a potential trade that might have came from that if there were negotiations in the works at the moment. Uh, but they also had a qualifying offer extended to Robin Parks, who's been balling out overseas in Italy. And she's she's been lighting the nets on fire, and that's another piece that they could potentially bring back. And we talked about spacing being a concern and shooting being a concern for the team. She's a player that adds to that context and brings that type of dynamic off of movement from the wing position. So they're not done yet, I don't think. I think they still have some decisions to make. And um, who knows? At this point, maybe they might do something with one of the picks that they have based off of decisions that stem from Caitlin Clark. Maybe they might do something with that 13th overall pick that they have, which is the first and the second round for this upcoming draft. They have decisions to make, so I don't want to say they're done. I think there are some things that, that they can um, they can definitely kind of make moves with going forward. All right. And then uh, John Hosey asked, uh, which training camp invite are you most excited to watch? <laughs> That's a great question. Um, I, I got two parts for that just off the top of my head. For everything that, that Kaiser went through in her personal life and how public that was and how things were um, spoken on um, inappropriately, ultimately context provided to it, and just generally seeing how she's mentally worked through all of those things, for her to have garnered this opportunity, I mean, just like with Diamond and her injury history, it's hard to not root for somebody like that. So I'm obviously excited to see Kaiser 
and her skill development and see how that potentially could garner her opportunity to play with the Chicago Sky this upcoming season. But looking at things on the court, I think Chenity Carter, she showed it on the collegiate circuit. And obviously when she ultimately got drafted coming into the W, I think she averaged 15 to 17, 17 inch points in her rookie season and had rookie of the year. Um, obviously attention that came from that. She is definitely a prolific talent. Uh, there's not many players in the W now that are going to be able to stay in front of her. I think it's just a matter of Chenity uh, being able to sustain it in a different um, with a different team. And for her to find some sustainability within sustaining that is going to be good. So I'm curious to see how she integrates herself in. And I know she can compete with the best of them. So it's going to be fun to see what that Chicago Sky Guard group looks like as well. All right. That's awesome. And uh, just a shout out to Region Rev, who uh, said she had got to skate. I'll catch the rest later. And <laughs> then uh, my, my guy, Gary Rock Rose, give me a little shout out. Uh, all right. Before we go, I want to hear your thoughts. You were were you in the building on Saturday night for the uh, All Star Saturday? Ah, yes. <laughs> okay. So I, honestly, I don't really care about the the dunk contest stuff. Like we can talk about all that another time. But like the Sabrina versus Steph thing, what was the energy like in the building? First of all, well, I mean, everybody was captivated because anytime Steph Curry has the ball in his hands, that's naturally going to have a gravity to it. Not unlike with Sabrina. Um, by the same measure. So seeing the greatest shooter of all time in the sports context um, matched with, matched up against, you know, somebody like Sabrina, who's obviously staking her own claim, especially on the women's side, but generally with how she's pushing the evolution of basketball on the women's side as well, as a spectacle times two. Um, yeah. So yeah, that's a, that's a lot of, that's a lot of greatness on the court at one time. I mean, you know, I, of course we, we, we talked, talked about the Caitlin Clark, stupid comments from Jay Williams, of, you know, TNT made dumb comments about Sabrina and like kind of ruined the moment from the TV uh, perspective, but like, yeah, she hit 26, same number as Dame in the, in the three point contest, you know, the, the, the high, the high mark there. So she was awesome. Um, Need that was that that should have been needless to say, but the fact that we are actually having this conversation and that she didn't need to scoot closer to the line because what was the point? Yeah. So so dumb. But okay, here's my this is my question. Yeah. I, I saw this uh, posed on the Twitter bird machine. <laughs> Do you think she should have had Steph go first so that she could have found the number? I think Sabrina is the type that want to set a tone, then follow up on someone else's act. So just kind of seeing her publicly from when she was in college to now, that definitely aligns with the mentality that she has yep, the as a mentality. shoot first, shoot second, shoot third type of person before someone else. So yeah, that was that was true to her nature to decide to go first. I can't say it would have been more or less to her advantage, but I think it was better for her to set the tone with her obviously acknowledging stuff for the the greatest shooter that he is so i mean yeah he's the, he's the greatest shooter in the world like mm-hmm. so you know he saw her number and said okay i see you <laughs> for sure i think um i just think that was great for basketball though as a whole i hope that ultimately they the w can now flip the script and have steph come and shoot against sabrina at w all-star i think that would be a perfect way to start some sort of partnership in terms of bringing players from both sides to each 
each is uh all-star experiences that way people can grow more fond of the the talents that exist on the other side of the best level of basketball that we're seeing in the in the world that's all coming from you know our little united states of america <laughs> so i'm i'm curious to see where that partnership goes but i think they set a great tone for things to come from here that's pretty rad i mean yeah what was that where did that rank in like the highlights of, of your all-star experience uh i think even going in it was one of my favorite things and i think coming out it was like maybe second if not one b to just the obviously the in-person experiences i was able to have with talking with players and coaches and being in the same spaces a lot of the other media people in the NBA realm. So it was a fun experience, but I think that I think that's gonna be the biggest takeaway going forward just because of how it changes things um and how people see the game going forward. That's rad. All right, well that's all I got for you. So sure. Well, we, show, I'll let yeah, you for sure. Well, thanks again <laughs> to Quick Draw Law Lawrence for being the best producer we appreciate all his efforts he does behind the scenes and when he does decide to peek in and give his most valuable two cents to everything that it is we're talking about uh we appreciate you uh this is steven gardner uh signing off from the csgo sky podcast uh you can follow me on twitter at stay true s.3 i have plenty of work coming forward as far as speaking to the roster stuff coming on my youtube page which you can also find um you can find me at and uh, yeah, let's keep making this space of ours a better place in terms of speaking on the great basketball that we're seeing. Y'all all be safe out there. We'll see y'all soon. Take care. We all silly like the mayor. 